Welcome back to the podcast, lovely people. This is Franklin, pronouns he, him, his. And this is Shan, pronouns they, them, theirs. Poppin'. So for today, we got some, we got some cute little topic for y'all Ooh. coming along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Period. What's our topic today? Our topic is, when do you dump your therapist? Mm. Or dumping your therapist? Ooh. Dumping your therapist, 101. <laughs> ooh, it's like a drop like ooh, this is about to be we about to be in this we about to get into some shit okay all right <laughs> so y'all know how this goes y'all know what the first you know what uh, part ooh you said know, words words don't ever work for me <laughs> y'all know what's about to go down shan come on you already know tell the people what's got you fucked up this week What's got me fucked up this week, y'all? That bitch in Colorado. Mm. Somebody in Col- how somebody in another state got you fucked up? They just got me fucked up. Why you think you calling and I need to answer? Nothing over here involves you, sweetheart. Nada. What'd you say? I don't speak Spanish. Why? Why you do this? <laughs> You know, I feel like I got to say it once a podcast at least. No, 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 no. You're not going to give people a taste. I'm going to give people what they, what, they, what they didn't even know they needed. Exactly. So keep talking. What do you want me to say? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Should be killing me. I really don't. Say something. What, I, I don't. What is that? What do what, what you want me to say? But um, that bitch in Colorado. Wants to be a priority, wants you to answer. Wants me to answer. But baby, I was never gonna answer. Your message is a Monday problem. It's the weekend. Mm-hmm. You're nine to five, I'm the weekend. <laughs> I'm not thinking about you. You're not important on, right SZA. now. So, Franklin. Mm-hmm. What's got you fucked up? <sighs> what's got me fucked up? Is trying to adult while having financial limitations. I I just, I'm tired of it. I really want to do things because I need to do it for myself. Mm -hmm. But if the money ain't there, how am I going to do it? I, my goal really Mm -hmm. is to have a sponsor and or sugar parent. Mm -hmm. Um. I would love to be paid to exist, essentially. Yeah. And I just want to be able to pay my bills, comfortably live my life, and create. That's all, that's all it is. I feel like that's all we were put on this planet for because nature chose us. Okay. So we are a blessing. We are a privilege. Come on with it. Okay, we're such a we're such a privilege that you indoctrinate us into this system that fucks us up and keeps us in the same cycle. So why can't we just get paid to live? Why is it your business? Let me live and pay me. Come on, you. I deserve to get paid to pay your services. Mm-hmm. Pay for your services. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's it. I'm not getting money just to give it back to you. 
this how this okay so that's just that's what's got me fucked up and that's how i've been feeling because i'm like come on please i want i want a sugar parent too i love that sugar parent should be a show Stop it, what? because the young ones, they come in, right? And then the older ones, right, the sugar parents, they like, ugh. then they got to like pair up and then they switch off. Come on, show. Come on, show. It's like a, it's like drag race for sugar dad and sugar moms. <coughs> Not literally drag race, but generations. Mm-hmm. Never ending show. It could be called Generations. Because they would never expect it unless they exactly. read the description, right? Exactly. She's dope. Shonda would be on it. Shonda's Come on, Shonda. Because Shonda wants a show that's going to last 80 years, and this one will last 85 years. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I, I overplanned. I get an extra five years. She said, I'm not letting it go. Grey's Anatomy forever. Love it. I'm going to be 98 <laughs> on Hulu. Please turn it off for me. Grandpa, what do you need? I need I need the remote, please. Can you t- turn on the TV? I need to watch Grey's Anatomy. Oh. So, you have questions for me. I do. Mm. And I'm so excited to see where this is going to end up. <laughs> okay. Because we both have experience in therapy, mm-hmm. which helps. Yes. It would be interesting if we had a third party that's never been in therapy. Or who's adamantly opposed to it? Oh, come on, four people in a room. <laughs> Listen, therapy, I guess, based on your experience with therapy, how would you describe therapy? Therapy is kind of like a safe haven where I get to talk to somebody who is seeing things differently than I am. Right, mm. more objectively, and they are educated and have great clinical judgment, and give me advice and lead me, guide me, so I reach my own conclusions half the time. Um, I am very fortunate <laughs> because I have had therapists who match me in personality. Ooh, that's always so good. So, uh, <laughs> my my therapists they tend to have a little bite, <laughs> a little bite. Um, yeah, yeah. I, my work in therapy should be about me. Mm-hmm. Come on. And if it's not about me, that's a problem. If I'm worried too much about you, yeah, that's a problem. So my therapeutic spaces have to be affirming. It's a non-negotiable at this point in my life. Why wouldn't it be? Why does that even have to be negotiated? Listen, I'm giving you... The amount of people... That come to me and are like, yeah, my therapists are only talk about themselves. How do you go multiple sessions talking about yourself to your client? What is this? And you still get paid. Money. You know what? Money. You know what? I can't. So that's not what therapy is to me. 
you said something before, and I kept replaying it in my head because I didn't want to forget it. And now my brain is like, where'd you go? Where'd you go? So it's, you said about someone guiding you, right? Mm-hmm. And giving you, giving you, that guidance allows you to make connections, develop more insight, right? Yeah, of course. And I'm like, indeed. <laughs> One, indeed, right? Two, that's what therapy is. Mm-hmm. If it's if that's lacking, what's going on? Usually, when we discuss therapy, mm-hmm. we are referring to talk therapy. Mm-hmm. Just you, me, sitting in a room, talking back and forth. There are other kinds of therapy. There's art therapy. Oh yeah, music therapy. There's many a different therapy and. You know, different practitioners use different modalities and Mm -hmm. work from different frameworks. And there's just so much. So choosing your therapist should be Mm -hmm. a very meticulous process. Okay. (laughs) For me, it has to be anyway. No, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't pan out how you think it will the first Go around, right? Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I mean, it's literally establishing a relationship. Yes. You go through different relationships and you might figure out that they might not be for you, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the part, that's the, the core, the nucleus of therapy is establishing a relationship. Because if you can't establish a relationship, it, it, it yeah, it's not going to feel like it's supposed to. Yeah. And even that may misrepresent therapy. Mm. Uh, okay, I'm a, I'm a digress on that one. You sure but you don't want to tell me more? <laughs> I'm a digress on that. You one. don't want to tell me more. I I'll add this. I'll add this. Therapy is a science. If you want to call it therapy, psychotherapy, I don't know, mental health, whatever, it's all a science, mm-hmm. and we need to see it as a science. Clinicians of different varieties interact with each other, learn about you, and collaborate to make sure that you are holistically getting better. It is a science. We need to see it as a science. It has its merits. Yes, they are. You asked me to do this, so this is your doing. (laughs) You, damn you. So therapy to me is more than what is shown and how it's been perceived historically. Mm. Listen, because if we start talking about history, I'm going to go on my rant and I don't want to get on my soapbox too much, but I will say this. A lot of therapists work from older frameworks and perspectives, mm-hmm. which are catered to white, cishet mm-hmm. yeah. men. Period. <laughs> and that's why a lot of us miss the mark with our therapist, or the, the therapist missed the mark with us, I should say. But I'm not going to get on the soapbox, like I said. I'm just going to say... 
a part of the profession is continued learning for a reason. For the changing times? It's almost like evolution. <laughs> oh, my God. The, you, you laid out the chapter for us because... That's how you know that I'm deep into it because I'm finding ways to talk that I live for. The way that I'm kind of character from that shit is dope. <laughs> <laughs> you said that there are different types of therapies, right? Mm-hmm. Different modalities, different methods of, to use in, in counseling. And that makes sense, right? There's different modalities. There are different types of therapists that focus on different populations because time changes. People become much more aware of who they are and need to be validated so that that change can continue. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be normalized. So from the jump, it wasn't it wasn't seen that way. They, they saw a marker and it was like, this is the type of human that we get. There's yeah. nothing different. Now, look, talking about... Early clinicians or clinicians in the 50s and the 60s, well-known ones, sleeping with their clients. Uh, look, we can, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's what a is science. Ethics? And <laughs> what is, what ethics? is ethics? And even the evolution of that, right? Oh, because listen, <laughs> things are not as plain and simple as they're put out to be. Mm-hmm. It's not just sitting down and talking. There's more to it. I just think that it needs to be given more light mm-hmm. and be seen just as important as being a medical doctor. And that's where I will drop the mic. All right. Let me ask you a question. So mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you know it's time to dump your therapist? You say it. I'm going to give it to you raw. Here you go. A-bomb. I almost said no lube, but always got to have lube. Raw. Even. No, you won't. You, friction. So, <laughs> <laughs> how do you know it's time? Mm-hmm. Whew, that's a very, very good question. Let us know what some of the red flags are, yellow flags, if you will. Well, you started us off. You said, baby, I'll find a way to connect it. Okay? It's connected. In period. It is connected. And who did it? You. So, (laughs) you said talking more than the client. Mm. When the therapeutic environment becomes your space, why are you taking up more space in your client? Who's paying for the time? I mean, I would hope the client. Um, I'm just saying, if their name is the client, unless you switch in roles with someone who doesn't have a background in your field and surely has not studied it. (laughs) And even if they have, not the time. Not the time. That's red flag number one. Okay. Red flag number two. I mean, you are alluding to nine... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Red flag number two is not being affirmed, not being validated in the space. Yeah. Uh, if your therapist isn't affirming you, it doesn't make sense. What are you doing? You're confusing me. If you did a biopsychosocial on me 
And part of the reason I'm here is to discuss who I am, maybe if we're talking about identity development, right? Why are you not affirming me? I just, I would like to say you threw out something just now. And I don't know if the people know what it is. Go ahead. You said biopsychosocial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a biopsychosocial looks at different areas of a person's life, biology, right? What's going on in your body? <laughs> Psycho, psychology, what, what's happening, what's happening? Social, what, what are you around? What is around you? What's happening? Biopsychosocials, your practitioner should be doing a biopsychosocial usually in the in the beginning because mm-hmm. that's a part of getting to know the client just I so when they're asking you all these questions and you're like why you need to know about my family <laughs> right all the time everything has its reasons and they'd be big mad when you ask them that question <laughs> so if they're doing biopsychosocial assessments, they need they they're doing it to get to know you. Hell, part of the part of the process is asking you what your hobbies are and what you like to do. Why do you think that is? Like I will also add, most clinicians do biopsychosocials. There is a part of it now that's like biopsychosocial spiritual. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. that is a part of a person's identity, journey, life. Um, but not everyone does that. And again, that's when we get to talk about like generations and evolution of the practice. And it's just... Oh, no, no, please. Please. Because you know what I was going to say? What? I was going to say because we're not, you know, we're not assuming anymore that everyone is. You know, what? I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave we're it there. We're not assuming anymore. We're not assuming anymore. I'm going to leave it there because I, listen, I'd say that another red flag is, and this is often talked about on the therapist side, right? Well, let me give y'all this information. You know this, but clinicians need to be attuned to certain patterns within the therapeutic alliance. Mm-hmm. And if they're noticing that something keeps on happening or you're stuck at a place, the client might have certain goals, but there's something that's not working. If we're stuck in that same place and it's not addressed, it's not brought up, that can cause the 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 process to not be where it needs to be, right? It, it could stunt the process. And the client will definitely feel it. And a lot of times, client might, clients might feel it, but might not bring it up. Because that's a dynamic that needs to be brought up in the moment. So it can be challenged and then potential progress can come from it. So if you feel stuck and you feel like you're doing the same thing, the same thing, the same thing, maybe it's time to ask your therapist about it. And if your therapist isn't open or reacts in a way that's not productive that might be a time to reevaluate the relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) I'm thinking about my relationship with my own therapist, and 
<laughs> oftentimes they will say, uh, they'll say that uh, I write about how much I hate them. Oh, wow. Or I talk about <laughs> how much I dislike them. <laughs> I'm like, you know what's funny? I do talk about you, but it's not about how much I dislike you. The exact opposite. But, you know, I've definitely had times where I hate them because they are telling me something that I most likely already know. <sighs> and I'm like, I know. And they're like, uh, okay, so. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm not here for this. And they're like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry we're doing therapy. Sorry, this is what you paid for, <laughs> <laughs> which is it's good because that's what I need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matches me, does not like, ugh, oh my gosh. We do parts work and there's Braddy Shan mm-hmm. and Braddy Shan. I don't even be ready for Brady Shane sometimes. Like, Brady Shane will come out and say something, and I'll be like, oh, my God, I'm just so sorry. <laughs> or I'll have this whole, like, back and forth moment with myself, and I'll be like, okay, now, what were we, what were we saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, I love my therapist. Love our relationship. And they challenge me, and, like, always trying to help me be better which I don't always super appreciate because I like to be in my comfort zone and be stagnant because sometimes stagnation feels good I'm not gonna lie Mm -hmm. but I know that if they allow me to be complacent that's not what I want I don't want to be complacent I don't want to be in the same place if I wanted to be in the same place I wouldn't be in therapy but that's just me it's not just you. It's not just you. You're a client like many of us. If your therapist don't have a therapist, it's recommended. That's all I'm going to say. Because mm. <laughs> ain't no way you can deal with a bunch of people's shit. Yeah. And not have somebody else to help you out with your shit. Listen, after a while, because I went through that shit last year. No, two years ago. And then I stopped working with her. We worked together for like a little bit over a year. Mm -hmm. And before I started working with her, oh, no. It was my personal life killing me. It was all the clients, the different age groups, the parents, the, the, I'm about to start cussing, the fucking issues that I'm like, listen, listen, this routine is killing me. I am, I am at the end of what I can give. And now I'm giving because I, this is my job, but I'm going to need to do something. You got to fill your bucket. Come on. You got to fill your bucket. What did my therapist say to me this week? They said, your bucket has a gaping hole in it, Mm, so you mm. constantly need to be filling it. Oh, yes. Facts. Facts. Big-ass facts. I told a client of mine, 
where I used to work. Love them. I was like, cut off the love them part because you never know. They don't need to know that I love them. Ethics. Ethics. Actually, keep that shit in there because now, yeah, this is part of it too. This is part of it too. You gotta be transparent. We 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 talking about being transparent on You're this. Right. I was about to say on this channel. I wish. Who's so, recording? Who editing? Me. <laughs> you do enough. You do a lot. You be always trying to be busy. I feel like I've been read. <laughs> I've been read. Makes me fucking sick. I have been read tonight. <laughs> To name. When? <laughs> to, to name. name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. You, you kill me. Kill me, kill me, kill me. So that client that I was working with, I told them, I was like, look, everybody got their treasure chest. Some people don't know how to properly put stuff in there. They don't know how to organize their things inside. Mm. You may know how to organize yours, right? And you're working on yours. Every time we meet, you're building something else you put in the box. Okay. So whenever your box is nicely organized and people try to come to you and gain space from your, from your box, you end up taking things out that belong to you and putting their stuff in. Mm. What happens when it overflows and it's not even your stuff? Mm-hmm. What do you do then? Where are your things? They're just lying on the ground. That's what I used to tell the client. Mm-hmm. Parts work is great. So I'm glad that you're doing it. Thank you. And you bring up a great, I mean, always. <laughs> you said I was talking to like, it's like you're talking to a different part of you. And that part of you is there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, parts, God, I love parts work so much. And then you get to talk about the managers and and the exiles. Oof, oof, oof. And then calling your exiles in. Mm -hmm. Because they need a space too. That is, mm. Listen, I often tell them it's a relationship you've built with that part of you. It needs needs time. We need to give it a microphone. It needs to talk. It needs to perform. Mm -hmm. Come on. Let it mm-hmm. sing. Indeed. Indeed. And uncomfortable and still doing it. Always uncomfortable. Indeed. And be like, why is that why is that part exiled? And I'll be like, I'm gonna talk about it. Whiplash. <laughs> so I wanna ask you my first question. Yeah. Or you wanna add something else to the other thing? No. Before I move on, you Gucci. I'm Gucci. I'm Prada. I'm okay. Louis. Come on. Vuitton. Yes. I'm Brocon. <laughs> I'm broke. <laughs> broke. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's not for you. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck are you saying? Broke. What broke the fuck is broke? Broke. <laughs> broke. Is that a new? Is that a new brand? <laughs> the new brand. <laughs> broke. <off. laughs> Broken under. Why is therapy safe? It has largely to do with that relationship you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that you build. If I. Don't feel like I can talk to you. What are we doing? If I feel like you're going to judge me, what are we doing? And I don't mean general anxiety. I mean, you judge me. (laughs) So I don't want to tell you things. Because it's a relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a relationship. 
You are in relationship with your therapist. That space that you cultivate together, that Mm -hmm. space that that therapist holds for you, should make you feel safe, comfortable to talk about anything. It should not mirror a relationship you probably already have in your life. Mm. Uh-huh. Come on, let's look. Come on, transference. Counter transference. Listen. Because huh. I'm sure we all can close our eyes and think of that person who judges us. Mm-hmm. Why would we want to go to therapy and feel the same thing? I'm gonna pay you when I can get it for free. I just gotta. I, I just gotta go across the street. Come on. I I just gotta go across town. I gotta go to look. I just gotta pick up the phone. Okay. Come on, there are different avenues. <laughs> I just gotta. Oh, social media. Mm-hmm. Why is therapy safe? Because it needs to be. Has to be. Mm-hmm. Has to be. Sometimes feeling uncomfortable is being safe. Mm-hmm. Being in a safe place. Oh my goodness. Uh, it's something about knowing that you're good, right? Like, mm-hmm. regardless or irregardless, as I like to say, because it's my favorite word. It means the same thing as regardless. Irregardless. <laughs> the feelings of uncomfortability are okay to feel, and it feels okay to sit in that mm-hmm. in the therapeutic space. Because that is a part of what it's for. Whereas in life, you can't always crumble, right? Or, you know, you can't always explore certain things. And uh, I can't remember exactly what we were talking about in one of my sessions. But I, it was something about me allowing myself to unravel essentially mm-hmm. and my therapist says to me in like you can do that right now like mm-hmm. no you can't do it all the time and when you are on you got to be on but right now crumble And that is like a Hollywood version, right? That's like exaggerated, (laughs) but essentially that is the meat of it. Like, for example, when you are around other people, you're with other people, right? Mm -hmm. You're in, in life, in work, in a role, in family, whatever. You are this person you're the rock, you're the strong person, right? And there's a part of you that knows you need to and also wants to uphold that so you don't really allow yourself to feel Mm -hmm. the weight of everything. But in the therapeutic space, if it's for an hour that week or those, you know, two hours that week, what have you, You can feel the weight of it. And you can process through that with your therapist. And if you can't, you should probably dump your therapist. And I oop. Yes. 
And that's how you know you got a good therapist. If your therapist is like, go ahead. Right here now. Mm-hmm. Safety, security, things that we need. Therapy, your therapist plays a role in helping you relearn. You know, helping you connect to parts of you that needed to be paid attention to that maybe never were. Mm-hmm. I said this in a podcast previously, but um, what didn't you get in childhood? Because you talk about safety. Mm-hmm. When we don't feel safe as adults. Right. Most of the time, and I only say most because margin of error, <laughs> most of the time it's because we did not have a feeling of safety as a child. Yeah. And safety can mean physical safety. It can mean emotional safety, right? Safety looks different ways when you're talking about it in in different aspects. But safety is paramount. Paramount. And I think that the reason why we may not feel safe is because there are pieces left or maybe chunks left, right, from maybe what our parents and their parents and their parents had to go through, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You said generational, excuse me? Yeah. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Listen, that, and I feel that sometimes we... I had a sentence in my head. It was like safety, sur- survival, I said sometimes survival mm. isn't linked to safety. Mm. Sometimes you might not feel safe because you have to focus and prioritize survival. And I think that that's where, and that's not only when we're talking about like in the financial, uh, financial sense and in, in the having a home and feeling secure and under a roof. It could also be. I need to push through this trauma. It's impacting me right now, but I'm going to just keep pushing through. You mentioned trauma. (laughs) And a lot of us live in trauma response. Mm -hmm. That is where we are living. And the thing I find so funny about pathology, right? When we pathologize to our detriment, quite honestly, the effects of trauma can mimic a lot of things. Mm. Come on. And if you are not treating your trauma, healing your trauma, doing trauma work, and you are getting treated for something that somebody told you you had and nothing is changing, stay with me. Perhaps it's the trauma. Yes. And think these things can be co-occurring. Right? I will. I mean, I feel like This goes without saying, but (laughs) I'm going to say it. Mm -hmm. I have my own trauma, right? Trauma processing is exhausting, quite honestly. But it is so important to me and has been so important to me. It makes a difference. It feels different. Being able to talk about certain things, call certain things out, for me, is significant. Yes. 
apprehension can be part of the change. Mm-hmm. Is part of the change. So you said, you know, maybe it's the trauma, right? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about uncomfortability. And we're talking about any form of change, right? Obviously, some people's process with change, depending on what it is, can be stigmatized. But in reality, change is change. You can relapse with whatever. Yeah. And look, we're not going to get into the substance use section of my brain for tonight. But just know, <laughs> just know that I think that, in yes, change, yes, mm-hmm, change is, apprehension is change. And that's part of it. And if you feel apprehensive, I mean, some people might not be like, oh, no, mm-mm. It it doesn't feel right. Sometimes healthy things don't feel right. And that's okay. Because they're foreign. Okay. <laughs> I'm not used to it. Come on. I'm not used to it, so it feels wrong. Mm-hmm. It feels wrong. But you didn't give it a chance. Mm-hmm. You you did you did the thing one time and you said it didn't fix me. And that is where the misconception lies. You did not get to where you are in one day from one event. Come on. You will not heal magically from one session, from one time doing one intervention. You will not see lifelong results. (laughs) And like you won't lose 10 pounds for taking a 30-minute walk one time. Come on. Come on. It's the same sort of concept, but it's not about your physical health. It's about your mental health, your emotional Mm -hmm. health. So I did this thing. It felt really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and I didn't like it, but I'm going to give it a fair shake and I'm going to actually try, put the effort forth. And then in three months time... I'm going to reassess. I'm going to do some tracking. I'm Mm going to look back. Let me tell you, I am a journaling bitch, okay? Come on. I am a journaling motherfucker. Pen to paper. I I go back and I look, and I'm also a a writer. I write poetry and basically everything. (laughs) Never finished what? Um, I finished poetry, though. I finished poetry most of the time. Um, The therapist in me is itching. Shut up. But I'm not going to ask questions. Negative dynamics don't have to be seasonal. Who said they have to be seasonal? Oh, yeah. We're, we ha- this, this, this happened to me. It's only happening to me. It's been a couple months. I'm good. Sometimes you're not good. And it will most likely show up in other ways. So change isn't a, oh, it's fall now. It was just summer. That means I'm good. Therapy is not a one-time thing. Please stop. With this misconception that you're going into therapy and that after you go, you have one session, things should be different. But you didn't fix me. I'm having a problem because they told me to do this thing and I'm doing this thing, but you're not fixing me, so I'm confused. Well, baby, if you're waiting for me to fix you, you're going to be waiting a lifetime. We better stop seeing each other right now. And that right there can be a topic of conversation for multiple sessions. 
I'm waiting for you to fix me. I'm waiting for you to give me the answer. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> I actually said that to my therapist the other yeah. day. I was like, just tell me the answer. <laughs> I mean, look, listen. Sometimes that's all we want. I've told people, like, if I had the, if I could just snap my fingers and I had the potion to fix everything that impacts us, listen, I would, baby, but I, I don't. <laughs> don't have it. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. 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 Mm, come on. I'm going to ask you the next question. You got a question or should I go with the no, name? How do you deal with the loss of a therapist? Oh, I'm going to say a part of that is recognizing mm-hmm. when your desire for your therapist is dependency Come on. on your therapist. And... Um, I've made a transition recently from weekly to bi-weekly, not twice a week, but one every other week, you know, bi-weekly means two things because English. So, um, I made a switch recently and I am talking to my therapist about this and they're like, you know, how, how was it, you know, skipping the week and, and I'm like, you know, there's part of me that feels like if I don't talk about it in therapy, it doesn't feel complete. Like, mm-hmm. um, like my process hasn't ended, but like, I don't, I don't need to talk about it anymore. Like mm-hmm. I, I processed it. I did all the things and now I'm just telling you about it. I don't have to do that. And in, in reality, if something happens and I am in crisis on one of those off weeks, I know how to create an email. I know how to send a text message. A quick, hey, I need a session this week. Like, can you squeeze me in? Oh my God, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> and I say it that way because when we had the conversation before we decided to sample this bi weekly schedule, I, weekly sessions are my comfort zone. I have been in therapy on and off for the last decade. And I have had weekly sessions 98% of the time. It is my comfort zone. It is not what I need. Yeah. And sometimes it is what I need. Because when I was getting it, it is definitely what I needed. It's not what I need right now. And that is so okay. That's actually great. Because that means I'm a little more self-sufficient than I used to be. I don't mean self-sufficient in a sense of hyper-independence. I mean it by way of I have my people that I go to to help me process and um, my coping skills that I go to to help me process and get through. Mm -hmm. And that is amazing. I can navigate myself through a, a small crisis. Whereas, hit me up last year in that, like, latter half of the year, really. I wasn't in that place. So, it's a part of our transition 
is recognizing, is and was, me recognizing the progress that I've made. And if the need changes, then that is a conversation. But right now, the need is not weekly. And that feels like really, really good. I feel like I went off on a tangent. Don't really know why I brought that up. You brought it up because we were talking about loss, and I think you're talking about shifts in yes. routine with your therapist. Look, so come losing, on. I got your back. So losing, yes, always <laughs> losing, losing a week or losing two weeks a month mm-hmm. can feel like loss, but for you, it seems like it's not necessarily loss, but it's loss of what you used to have, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But it's also helped you gain something. About your, you learn more about yourself even in that, in anything, intentionally and intentionally done, in therapy has significance. One hundred percent. Indeed. And and does. Come on. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what what was it like to terminate with your previous therapist, stopping that relationship? It was bittersweet. Mm-hmm. It was bittersweet because I had state insurance and the practice that I was going to only accepted state insurance. And I was changing insurance because I had gotten a full-time job. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, it was like progress. And I am in a position where I want to be. But it was bitter because... I had grown to really appreciate the relationship I had with my then therapist. However, I did recognize the need for the change because I I had to do too much work in the relationship toward the end with pronouns, like specific things. And I'm like, and I had, I had the conversation with her. I'm like, look, it is too exhausting for me to come here and essentially have to correct you every single time. And I mean, mm-hmm. she she got better. She did get better to her credit. I remember this. Um, but I was like, that's not for me. It's not what I need, and it's not the role I want to assume, and it's not a role I should have to assume, quite honestly. And while I am glad I'm making you better for your next potential client who may use these pronouns, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. So you're reiterating biopsychosocial assessment. You're reiterating validating your client. Mm-hmm. You're reiterating continued education. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just leave it there. <laughs> you have to be doing the work. Mm-hmm. You have to do the work. Yeah. And you have to hear what your clients are telling you. And part of that process, too, is also recognizing that as a therapist, you you don't have all the answers and that you might have to learn something that's unique to each client that you have. Mm -hmm. And that's part of it, showing your client that, showing interest, right? And I say that, and it reminds me of a client that was very upset with me because I didn't go as in I didn't go in depth 
into remember I told I you, remember you like about I this. like I went through it and they had given me like the different parts of it was like a personality assess that um I'm gonna just say a personality assessment. I don't want to disclose too much about it. Mad and I was like, go ahead, go off. They were so ready to be like, nah, <laughs> no, I'm done with it. Go ahead, be mad. It's okay. So there's gonna be there's gonna don't be some ooh ooh there are gonna be some times when you'd have a lot of times when you'll have to learn about your client. And I think that's thrilling. It's like going into a new job. Mm. You're not familiar with a lot of it. Maybe you're familiar with the the core parts of it, but there are things outside of it that you're learning. It's it's a very interesting thing. And part of getting more information is what a therapist needs to do, does. Um, and I think it's healthy to also see your therapist as a human being who's also learning. Yes. Because, yeah. Yes, recognize the... The humanness and and spread some compassion. Mm-hmm. Because just like a client might talk about loss, loss of your old self, right? Because you might have developed some more, learned more about yourself, and then some patterns that before existed are no longer there. So the, the it's not the client's job when I say this, but I'm saying is your therapist also goes through some changes because it's a relationship, so they're learning more. Um, so that loss, that losing, that component of something evolving and maybe being taken away, it's part of the 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 side of the therapist too. Um, all that to say that that's yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because I was gonna ask you how it feels. Losing a client. Mm, that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> mm, that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Losing a client. Mm, this is great. Have you ever had a client leave you? Yes. I've had... Oh, that's too much. <laughs> Several? Yeah, probably like three. I'm over here like, which one? I'm trying to go all the way back. And I'm like, that's too much fucking work. That's too much fucking work. Mm-hmm. Work, work. Too mm-hmm. much fucking work. So, it feels, and it teaches you about yourself, right? How you feel about um, not performing as well as a clinician or just, I think that that goes for anybody in the field. And if they feel that they're not performing at a rate that um, internally is expected of you. Emphasis on the internally, right? <laughs> it it feels difficult. It feels hard. It feels like loss. It feels like you you didn't do something right, or you should have done something differently with them. It feels like you need to fix it, even though you can't. It it feels it feels hard. It makes you wonder, and it's again, things happen. And I think a lot of the loss that I've faced, from on my side at least, I feel, were things that could have been addressed, mm. right? 
And that's why part of what I wanted to talk about today is termination too and how important it is. And I often tell people who don't want to terminate, like, you need, you, I feel and I think. It's not, I'm not forcing you, but I think the terminating will be effective. And it, it's it's part of the process. So even if you don't want to, I want you to show up. And even if we talk for 10 to 15 minutes, at least I know that you were given the opportunity to end this relationship. Yeah. It's a part of the process for a reason. Yeah, because you dedicated time into this relationship. Mm-hmm. It's like getting that closure in a relationship that you can't always have. Mm-hmm. You should always have it in a therapeutic relationship. Unless you decide to cold turkey cut off your therapist. In which case... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've done that before. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Talk to us. <laughs> Tell us. I'm, look. What's that? That was my my first therapist ever. And this was in grad school. Mm-hmm. I'd never been in therapy before. Never. It was my first therapist while I was in school to become a therapist. <laughs> 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 it speaks to not knowing what therapy is. It speaks to growing up and not having resources. It speaks to mental health not being a thing. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. You be living. I do. I be living. <laughs> Live for you. Okay. Live for you. Mm. Shit. Okay. You better know. Let them know. Represent. I've had enough. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> well. All that to say. Because I don't know where I was. All that to say. <laughs> that loss. It's a relationship, so there are certain boundaries that exist within the relationship, right? And you learn that there's not much you can do when you do lose a client uh, because the client doesn't want to continue with you. Because And there are different things we can consider, right? Whenever, you, whenever a client dies, mm. that's something else that clinicians talk about, what that feels like, because that's a loss, too. Are we talking? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You were ready. You were uh, there. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. What makes a good therapist? Um, What makes a good therapist is a therapist who knows they are never done learning. Yeah. What makes a good therapist is a therapist, a therapist who understands that they are not always right. Because they're not. My art therapist, um, I was in art therapy at one point, y'all. And my art therapist um, said to me, you can tell me if I'm wrong. It's okay. I can be wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that acceptability was like, I love it because you're not wrong. (laughs) You're reading me for filth and you're absolutely correct. I like telling them, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. You can tell me I'm wrong. If it's something that you don't think is what it is, you tell me. Tell me. It's very important. I often think about, I've talked about this before with you, schema therapy. Because even in my own personal life, when I'm fulfilling responsibilities I shouldn't be fulfilling, 
I um He said parenthood. I said uh I said what I said. I said what I meant and I meant what I said parentification. So um <laughs> I like to use language. Um you mentioned telling telling people, yeah, you know, it's not your fault or yeah, you can tell me that I'm wrong because I'm wrong. Um it's something that I like to do, like I don't know. I'm saying, ooh, somewhere else. Giving my siblings the possibility to hear a different voice. So when they think of the memory in the future, they're able to associate it with uh, someone who was like, yeah, this is happening. Yeah, they're saying this. But this is an also, also another possibility. Someone who reads your body language and is like, hmm, let me give you some information here even if you don't think about it now i know it'll be helpful later so i think of schema therapy i don't know why but that's what you reminded me of when you said about the clinicians being wrong and that it be it's okay it's part of a learning process mm-hmm. and it touches back to what you mentioned earlier was that therapists mm-hmm. are human too period write a book um who I'm a title that you write it. Therapists are human too. That's the title. You now you gotta fill it with content. Um, I love that you trust me enough to write a book. By the book, I know I, I probably could. I'd just be talking shit about myself all the time. For what? I don't know. Okay. Recognize your greatness. Oh, okay. Did you read that door? You didn't read that door. I, I didn't. I really did it. I'm gonna show you the door later. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> it's probably gonna read me for filth, isn't it? It's not going to read you for filth. It's just going to give you some empowerment. You hear the voice? I was like, mm-hmm. I hear you. Parts work. Small. Parts work. <laughs> small. Yes, yeah, small. Tell the girls. Small. That bitch feels small. Yo, that bitch feels small. And I'm like, I'm going to need you to wake the fuck up. I'm going to need you to stand up. And I'm going to need you to stand tall, bitch. You tell me what makes a good therapist. How do you know you're a good therapist? Ugh. I would love to make a video of therapists telling the camera why they feel they're a good therapist. I want to do it now. I would love to make that video. And in between each therapist describing themselves, a small window of them watching themselves comes up. So we get to react to their facial expressions. Mm. We get to hear their comments. Because that would be so dope. (laughs) And I think it's interesting because it's hard. It's like that part of me that's like, yeah, 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 I do that. Yeah, I'm good at it. But that modest bitch, get that bitch out of here. No, I was thinking modest for what? For what? For whom? For There's a difference between recognizing your greatness and your your abilities and your talent. And bragging and narcissism. If you think you're a good therapist, let's entertain it. If you don't know, let's entertain it. Mm-hmm. If you don't think you can be the one to give yourself the title of good therapist, let's entertain it. Yeah. Because that would also be part of the therapeutic process. 
Mm. So, do I think I am a good therapist? And yeah, and does the, yeah does that align with my question? I I'd say that I I'm a I'm a good therapist. Um, establishing relationships with clients comes easy to me. Uh, I think that I I. I've found a good middle ground mm-hmm. between me, myself, and I, and my personality, mm. and me as a professional person. And I think people appreciate that a lot um, because I'm just 100% myself. There's an authenticity there. Yeah. And it's, te- sure. it's telling if I'm not being that way from the jump. Part of the learning process, what's happening for me in the moment, because it would be about me and not the client. Mm-hmm. Or it would be something that's happening in the moment um, that sits with me, and that's still part of processing it, right? I am constantly thinking, and I think I'm very, I'm really good at making connections. You asked me, so now I'm really elaborating on what makes me a good therapist. Um, I know that was the assignment. I know, shut up. Mad, mad. Mad, mad, mad. <laughs> we really left that in episode two. We haven't gone back. <laughs> we got to bring her back. What is wrong with us? <laughs> Nothing. Not a damn thing. I mean, several things. Some things. You know, not sorry. Um, so, <laughs> I can make... I'm good at making connections. Uh, something a client would tell me at the beginning. I'm like, here we go. And it's like a map in my brain. I'm mapping out. And I'm like, hmm. It's so funny because I told my siblings, I told you this before, but for the people, I told my brother, I said, I'm not the right one because I will get you where I need you to be because I know how to ask you and look at you. So I, if if I wanted a question answered, baby, I know where to take you. And that's how I feel with my clients. And I think a little bit what, but I wouldn't really do it with them. So. I mean, a part of it is manipulation. Yeah. It is. It absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Because a part of that guiding. Not with my sibling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with the. Yeah. Yeah. Guiding. Knowing, knowing where you're, where you're trying to lead, where you're leading. Sometimes not knowing the destination necessarily, okay, but knowing what the journey is going to be, right? At least the start of the journey, like the the, the beginning course, if mm-hmm. you will. You gotta navigate, right? It's like a healthy manipulation, right? Exactly. Very, very good way to put it. Is that yeah? That's what it is. And it's it's nice. It feels if it feels nice. If I wouldn't mind starting another therapeutic relationship, whether it's at a new, whether it's at a new job or whatever, that's how I know that I'm a good therapist. Um, I often go into positions doubting myself mm. and kind of wondering, oh my god, this is a change in my. And it's the same routine that I constantly put myself through when I start a new job. But then a month in, I'm like, what was what was the reason? Cardi said the best. What was the reason? 
So, I guess there's a certain degree of in- introspection that I possess and carry with me that I would say helps me be a better therapist. Um, you hit on a couple of points. Mm-hmm. You did. Uh, right? That introspection, that insight. Mm-hmm. Of course. That self-reflection. Important as hell. Come on. Building rapport. And the methods in which you do that mm-hmm. and the like camaraderie you create with your clients absolutely makes a good therapist. And to gauge what kind of level you can be at with the client. Because I'm going to tell you how I am as a, <laughs> as a client. First of all, I'm cussing all the time. Period. I'm cussing all the time. Cuss back. <laughs> Preferably. <laughs> Cuss back at me. I wanted my old therapist to call me a bitch so bad. Mm-mm. And she would not do it because she was like, no, because then I might get comfortable and then I'll call to like, go to say it in a different session. And I can't do that. Um, but I am like a, not a lighthearted client necessarily, but I like a good level of comedy. And I I have had, I think, good practitioners who recognize that that is my personality, but is also a coping mechanism and a defense mechanism. Mm. So it's like, oof. Ooh, it gets real. It gets real in here. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't even know how I got there. But that's where we ended up. Oh. The authenticity of of the therapist leads you to feel more comfortable and then... Because I'm me. More learning. I'm me. And I'm silly. And I prefer to be silly. But sometimes... My current therapist don't be trying to let me be avoided and silly. And I'd be like, ugh. Sounds like a great human to me. So. Absolutely. Okay. Very much so. (laughs) Earlier you were mentioning all the the points that I touched on. Mm -hmm. And I was going to make a joke and be like, come on, therapist. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. I think I can come up with other reasons why I'd say that I'm a good therapist. But I've touched on the, the most important ones, I'd say. Do you have another question, or were you done with your questions? I think I'm done. You have any? I left? don't. Ooh. I think I fed off of your questions for the most part. Indeed. And mm-hmm. it was good. It was that a was, really good episode. It's a very good episode. Uh, knowing that you can dump your therapist Come is, on. Is, is something that maybe not all of us know and realize, but you have so much power over your health and you have the say-so of who's providing you your services and the type and quality of services that you're receiving. And if you are feel and if you feel like you are not getting something that you need from your therapeutic relationship, that's a conversation. 
Yes. And you should be able to have a conversation. Any conversation. You better parent the audience. (laughs) Because, you know, when I was starting out, I was 17. And my first, like, quote unquote, longer term therapist was a middle-aged white woman. And like I said, I was 17. And I am not a white woman. (laughs) So there was a lot that we didn't have in common on an identity basis. And while that is not always a barrier, it was in this case. And she was also very pathological. And there would just be times where I remember I would sit in session and just like kind of look out the window and be like, I could just be outside. Mm. I could just not be in here. And I was like, at some point, probably about six months in, I was like, yeah, I think I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) And that's also important right there. Like you said, that's a conversation too. I was like, I, I, I think I'm good on coming here. Now, had I had my knowledge and wisdom of now back then, I would have went about it a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have had the conversation of, I feel like this is what I need and this is what I'm not getting. Because that's what it was. Yeah, I do it a little differently, but I think I'd end up in the same place of seeking other. You were talking and it reminded me of something that I wanted to say earlier. It's like we're giving, it's like our takeaway of the episode. To me, it feels like that, right? Um, Often how I describe myself as a therapist and even doing it today led me to be curious about who I am as the client because you you speak about you, you being the client, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a therapist in the room, there are two therapists in the room, and there's, um, and did, and, and did, hell, degree. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then we've both been clients, mm-hmm. right? So I think that the therapist that I describe is the therapist that client Franklin needs. Mm. Because I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm going there. Because I'm circle this. Yeah, yeah, I'm going there. It's so good. Cause I'm noticing that me excusing myself in session and often and it shows up in all my relationships, also part of therapy. Um, me excusing myself, me constantly wondering if I'm talking too much, me um maybe well <laughs> More older me, but me kind of like out of the shell, still looking at the shell to some degree me, if that makes sense. Uh, Not talking about something that I don't like Mm. because of the anxiety of what is that going to be like or, you know, expecting some negative backlash. Trauma. That's who I need. So that's what I need to give myself. That's what I need to give myself. Mm. I need to allow myself to talk. I need to allow myself to take space if mm-hmm. I want to, if I can. I need to allow myself to not like something and say I don't like it. I need <laughs> to allow myself to be who I am. 
and to match who I think that I can be, who I wish I can be. And I also deserve to meet my goals and get places that I want to get to. Mm-hmm. So there's been a shift. And you sure. are nothing if not determined. Let's be clear. <laughs> Let's be clear. Just saying. Just had to go ahead and throw that in there. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you were saying? Oh, no, I just really felt that. Emotions. Out. They're out. Because sometimes I get so... Sometimes I get so stuck in the process of making the change that I don't take a, st- a second to stop and just recognize where I'm at and how much work I'm putting into it. So then... It's just, that's something that I guess I didn't have and I have to continue to give myself. So thank you. Because I really, and I'm amping that shit up this year so much. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do this because I want to do it. And I'm not afraid to do it because if I'm afraid to do it, I'm not going to do it. So I'm going to fucking do it. And if I fail, oh well, I'm going to try again. Yes. 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 Let your failure be informative for your next time, for your mm-hmm. next attempt. Yes. You're going to get knocked down. You're mm-hmm. going to fall down. It's going to happen. How you recover from that is, I think, worth more. Yes. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts as we wrap up? Any last thoughts you want to share? It's easier said than done. But don't be afraid to do it, even if you if you're doing it alone. In the sense of doing a lot of things that as an individual, even like I mean, moving through your own space. Like people who are single, not necessarily that they have to be in a relationship or are buying a home on their own. Right, those mm-hmm. that kind of sentiment. Just do it. I'm do moving it. up the ladder. Because I know my challenges mm-hmm. based on dynamics that I've lived. Mm-hmm. Based on traumas that I've had, right? Because mm. you're talking about this at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, next one is moving out. Breaking that. That's a, that's a, that, that wall's thick. That wall's real thick. The next, I think the top one, and that one is just like looming, music. Yeah. That's the one I have to do a lot of work with, and that's hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, growth or whatever. Or whatever, something. Something, a little something, taste. A little sound, a little tag. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well... Thank you all for listening to the podcast. Yes. Thank you for entertaining us in this conversation. Join us in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Participate. Instagram comment us. <laughs> okay. Send, send us a DM. Slide in our DMs, y'all. Slide in our DMs. You can follow us on Instagram at Speaking From The Shadows. You can email us, okay. speakingfromtheshadows at gmail.com, okay? Tell us how much you appreciate us. Oh, okay. Send us Come an on. email. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us you're there. <laughs> <laughs> 
prove to us you're listening. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. Listen. Transparency, okay? We Transparency. Just, we just want people to join and be around. Yes. We wanna we wanna hear what you all have to say as well. TikTok and Twitter to come. And you all will know when it is here. So Franklin, hmm? what is your favorite song right now? Ooh. The section of the podcast I was waiting to get to because it's always so good. I had a song that I was like, okay, it's going to be this one. But then I found another one today and I have been listening to it. And I Another heard one. Another one. The song that I was originally going to bring up is Girl by Mike Towers because it's so good. I mean, go listen to Girl by Mike Towers. But the other one is Medusa. <laughs> They're talking about Versace and the Medusa. Oh. So, because that's like their thing, the Medusa. So, I'm like, okay. Talking about money. So, it's Jay Cortez, Anuel A.A. And Jay Balvin. Please, it's the beat for me. What about you? What song, you know? Yeah. It's been moving my spirit. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this song came on earlier today and I was like, this is always a fucking banger. Yeah. Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Oh, wow. Yes. Like, it's just, oh, it just hits so good. Um, So that and a song that has been stuck in my head because I played it the other day. Because it was in my head. And now it's just been living there. Echame la culpa. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Louis Such a Fonsi good throwback. Lovato. I know, right? It just, like, randomly was in my head. And I was like, oh, I need to play it now. I got to listen to it. Such a good album. Listen to that album. I believe you. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good album. It's popping. He just be singing. I just need you to get... He just be singing. When I tell you that man be singing... Mm. Tell me how you feel about that man. I love that man so much. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. And remember... Define yourself for yourself. Use your voice. And and be be great. great.